worship the Lord this morning. He said, Be free, yes, he said.
we're so blessed this morning because the risen Savior Jesus Christ. Slowing down the pace of the music, but not our affection for the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we'll continue to lift up the name of the Lord this morning, singing praise Him, praise Him. We're here to lift His name up on high. Amen.
Spirit, amen, that can descend on the needs of our lives this morning. We are indeed a needy people, but our God is in the business of helping the needy. Hallelujah. We want to come before the Lord this morning, as always, lifting up our, the leaders of our fellowship, these men, our headship, they seek God for our, our prosperity and the things of God, and so we undergird their ministry by prayer, asking God to beat them, help them, all of their endeavors, wisdom in their life as well. We're praying for our pastor, Pastor Paul Campbell, his wife Linda, lifting up their ministry, man, even as men of God helped hold up the hands of Moses. We pray for our pastor and his wife as well in their ministry. We're praying for the assistant pastor, Chip Denier, his wife, Glory, their family, as well as we're lifting up the Cape Cod congregation for their faithful service and investing in our lives throughout the years. Amen. We're praying for the leaders of our nation, our president, vice president, those in Congress, places of leadership, those in local government, uh, that God will get a hold of their hearts, <clears throat> cause them to make righteous decisions for our nation. We're praying for our first responders, policemen, firemen, doctors, EMTs, uh, those on the front lines of society, asking God to strengthen them, deal with all the dynamics they deal with during the course of the day, and if they're not saved, to draw them Ooh, unto man, salvation. Yes. Hallelujah. Praying for our families as well, so that God will continue to help them and bless them. We're praying for our city, this hope of Pittsburgh, Hallelujah. as Jesus has risen from the dead. Glory to God. We want to pray especially, uh, we need to pray for the O'Briens who labor in the city of Pittsburgh with us in the area of Brentwood, building a work for God there. Get a music like last music night last time we went there and uh, to support what they're doing, God's doing good things in the city of Pittsburgh. Praying for the church in New Philadelphia, Ohio. We're linking hearts with Pastor Cunningham and his congregation as well. All that God's going to do in their lives. Special prayer request. I want to pray for a Carrie Fielder. This is Pastor Peter Field's wife. They are in Brisbane, Australia. Uh, he asked for prayer requests. battling cancer. Want to believe God for a miracle. Amen. Talking about chemo uh, radiation. We want to believe God for a miracle. Amen. God to touch our sister in her body and to raise her, <clears throat> her up. Amen. Pray for Melinda Need. Amen. This is Jimmy Need's wife. Uh, the man next door who owns the restaurant. Uh, Came a while back and got saved. His wife is having some medical issues. And so we're lifting her up in prayer for God to help her and heal her, her physical Amen. body. Amen. Praying for our missionaries who labor overseas, asking God to meet them in their nations. Praying for Pastor Oliver Alton and his wife in the nation of Finland. We're praying for our church in Lithuania that's been nationalized, that was run by a Lithuanian pastor, 
praying for that work as well. For God to do great things in Lithuania as well as Mexico, Peru, uh, Venezuela, our churches in Africa and South Africa. For God to help in that arena. Amen. That's all we have uh, <clears throat> prayer requests. I'm sure you have a request on your heart this morning. Amen. You have something that you want God to do. But this is the time of the service where God wants to hear from us. We want to hear from God this morning, but God wants to hear from us. And we're going to speak out in faith, God, this is what I need. And if you're watching online as well, you pray, you ask God to meet you this morning. And let's all stand to our feet as we come before the Lord. <clears throat> Let's pray, church. Father, in the name of Jesus this morning, God, we come before your mighty and awesome throne of grace. Lord, we're lifting up the needs upon the hearts of the people of God this morning. We're praying, God, for Sister Carrie Field in Brisbane, Australia. God, touch her in her body this morning. We curse the spirit of cancer, God. We cast it out of her body. We take authority by the blood this morning, God. Lord, we pray for Melinda Need. Lord, restore her. Help her, God. Do a miracle in her life this morning, God. Lord, we're praying for the people of God. Lord, draw back backsliders, God. Reestablish them in the house of God. Lord, we be leaving you this morning. We're now part of your spirit. We pray for Brother Chuck this morning, who's homesick in body. God, do a miracle in this life. Father, raise him up. Lord, we're contending for our city, God. Lord, give us right of way in hearts and lives. And Father, this morning, we invite you to the midst of our tabernacle, God, that you would meet us, Lord, in a cloud of glory and pour out your spirit. We ask all these things in Jesus' mighty and precious name. Amen and amen. You take time to greet someone this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. He is worthy to be praised. Glory to God. We are excited to be serving Jesus in these wonderful last days because as the world gets spiritually darker, the gospel gets brighter, and we realize that Jesus is on the throne and he's coming back to keep his promise. Amen. Glory to God. And we're excited about that. We have services Sunday morning, 10.30 in the morning, Sunday night at 7 p.m. as well. Our midweek service is Wednesday evening, and we gather together an hour before each of our services to pray, lay hold of God, and contend for those things that God has put upon our hearts. Amen. Prayer in the building here Monday through Friday from 7 to 8 in the morning. Uh, come out to get a hold of God and make it here, pray at home, uh, rise up early, amen, uh, and speak to the Lord, and he will speak to you and guide your steps through the day, amen. Saturday morning prayers at 10 o'clock, uh, an outreach following, the weather is getting nicer, so we're going to begin to go out again, uh, hit the streets for Jesus, uh, and sow the precious seed of the gospel in the people's hearts, amen. We're going to... Uh, be fasting April 3rd through the 5th. This is for the upcoming Cape Cod Conference, the East Coast Conference uh, held uh, by our church on Cape Cod. And so we 
We fast and pray for the ministers who are going to be there, that God, they will get the mind of God. We're praying for traveling grace for their lives uh, as well. And so we're going to be fasting those three days. If you can do that, amen, it will be greatly appreciated. If you can't, do the very best you can. Uh, but be praying for the conference, amen. As well, going to be having revival services with Pastor Jeff O'Brien, hallelujah, coming to preach the gospel for us April 3rd through the 6th. It's going to be a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night. We're going to be praying for the sick. We want to see God do supernatural miracles. I believe God still does miracles, amen. Thank God for doctors, but thank God for the master physician who is Jesus Christ, amen. So you take some of the flyers in the back during the course of the day, invite folks out uh, because I really believe as we begin to cross this threshold and see the supernatural hand of God, that's what's going to bring revival in our city. Amen. So you'll be praying as well for our revival service with Pastor O'Brien. April 9th, Easter Sunday, we're going to be having a service celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ, preaching the gospel, having communion, uh, memorizing up. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, his resurrection from the dead. Amen. How I many know that's the good news? That he's risen from the dead. Amen. You can check the tomb of Buddha. You can check the tomb of Muhammad, and you'll find their bones. But our Savior's tomb is empty because he's risen from the dead. Hallelujah. Praise God for that. Amen. And we're also we're going to do the, the baby dedication. That Sunday morning for uh, Malachi David, uh, and so we believe in God uh, for those things. Amen. Uh, April 10th through the 14th is the Cape Cod Conference. We'll be attending that. It's a Monday through Friday conference. Uh, we go, and we get preached to, uh, and we get an opportunity, amen, uh, to do business at the altar as well uh, as God keeps us pointed in the right direction, amen. So we praying for the conference, hallelujah. Uh, we're going to be having an outreach uh, April 1st. This is a Saturday right before our revival. Uh, we have a couple of uh, churches coming in to help us labor and uh, hand out flyers that Saturday, amen, uh, for the upcoming revival on Monday. So you can be with us, amen, April 1st. Uh, we're going to be here at 11 o'clock as the teams are coming from out of town. Uh, pray for an hour and begin to go out, hand out flyers, invite people out and and let them know that there's a God who still heals. Amen. Still, he's still Jehovah Jireh. He's still Jehovah, Jehovah Rapha. He's the God who has all of the answers for the troubles of, of life. Amen. That's all we have for announcements this morning. So we are going to move and take an offering this morning. We're going to allow God to help us. When uh, Nehemiah went back and Ezra went back to reestablish, uh, help build the walls uh, because Jerusalem had been judged, they'd been uh, dispersed, uh, but God released some of the people to go back and rebuild uh, the temple. And so as they're back there, Nehemiah goes back, he's surveying the situation, and he's looking at all that is happening, uh, and he notices that the Levites uh, have left off uh, working in the temple, uh, uh, the Lord's business have gone out into the field to work uh, because they was trying to uh, uh, supply their own need. And what God had set up with the Levites was supposed to labor in the temple 
and they were supposed to bring the tithe. People brought their tithes in to support the work of God. But because this wasn't happening, those who should have been doing that were away from the work of God. And so the tithe is very important spiritually to what God will do in our lives, in our city. Amen. And many people begin to balk at this, but how many know God's word is his word? Amen. It does not change. Say, when the year 2023, that has passed away. No, nothing our God does passes away. And he's an eternal God, and his word is eternal. And we believe in giving our offerings and tithes to the Lord Jesus Christ, the work of God. And I believe that with all of my heart because I know what God did for me. Amen. Hallelujah. And when I came into the house of God, they have been giving faithfully. Because of that, there was an atmosphere for my life to be touched and changed by the gospel. God has people in our city that he's going to bring in. Amen. We have to speak and live by faith. And we believe that there's, you know, he, he, like he told uh, one of the prophets, he said, listen, I've got much people in this city. And I believe God has people in this city who want to serve him. Yes, yes, and so yes. we're going to facilitate that by giving to what God is doing. Uh, you do your very, very best, amen, uh, as we give um, uh, amen. If you're watching online, you can give online as well on our website. God will richly bless you for that. Brother Angel, you want to come as we pass the best. You want to pray over the offering. Amen. Heavenly Father, once again we come before your mighty and awesome throne of grace. Lord, we're asking you to move in an anointed and powerful way. You see the brokenness of our society, and God, we have. Not the ability to change that, but Lord, we know that you can. And so we seek to give to facilitate what you would like to do in our city, in our families, in our own lives this morning. God, we're asking you to bless the gift and the giver. In Jesus' name, amen. side out and there is no doubt who is the author of that change his name 
is Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to be in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 1. And I want to preach a sermon I've entitled Spiritual Growth. And we're going to go back in time to the beginning. How I many know sometimes it's good to start at the beginning? Because the reality with man is the farther we get away from the original article, the more distorted things get. Man, have you ever seen that, that, that game that we played as a kid called Telephone? And you would have uh, maybe eight to ten people, kids lined up, and you would tell the message to the first kid. He repeated to the next kid. And, the next, and by the time it got to the end, the message was totally changed. So I never said that. But, but how many know the further we get from the original article, the further off target we can become? Amen? So it's good to go back to the beginning. Because how many know this morning we need spiritual growth? Thank God we come to church. Thank God we believe in Jesus. But if we do not grow, beloved, we're not going to survive in the realm that God has called us to live in. We must have spiritual growth. So to begin to look at this this morning, I want to go back to the beginning in the book of Genesis and begin to look at this thought of the seed this morning and see how crucial this is to our Christian life. Amen. Genesis 1, verses 11 and 12. And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, an herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Hallelujah. And this is a record of creation. This is the stage where God is setting everything up. He's establishing a place where human beings would be able to dwell. To dwell. God is making this for the crown of his creation, which is you and I. Humanity is the crowning thing of God's creation. He made all of this. I mean, think about this. God created all of this for humanity. What a tremendous thought. Uh, here's God saying, uh, I'm making the, the, the universe, uh, I'm making the earth, uh, I'm putting everything there that is needed uh, all for mankind. Thank God for that. Uh, you and I are special in the sight of God. I believe that this morning, not because of our accomplishments in the eyes of man, but because of our nature that God, he birthed us, amen. And we have great meaning in the eyes of God. Amen. So as we look at creation, it is easy to lose sight of the seed. Because the seed is a small thing. In comparison to the universe, the seed doesn't even register in the mind of most people. Man has his telescopes, his binoculars. They're focused out into the universe trying to behold all of that, yet right here under our feet is something called the seed that is very, very powerful 
this morning. I want to consider with you first the power of a seed. When the seed is described in our text in the Word of God, it talks about the nature of the seed, and there's a divine element linked to the seed. God created the seed, we understand that, but he put a, a, a spiritual divine dynamic in the seed in the fact that it says that the seed can bring forth life. Now, this is divine because how I many only God produces life? And so in the sea, God puts this dynamic that it also can bring forth life. And this is powerful when we think about this. So in the creation, God speaks, and the first trees, the first plants, were of divine origin, spoken into existence by God. He didn't go down the Home Depot and get a plot to say, I want to plant these and make a... Make a force for my people. No, he spoke them. Now I know that might short circuit the mind of the of the well knowledged. But God spoke these things into existence that did not exist. <clears throat> now they're living plants. And he says there's going to be something in there called a seed. And so now every tree that exists after the ones that God spoke into existence are coming to a being by the seed. By the seed. That life is growing now is by the seed because of the divine element in the seed. Hallelujah. Trees consist of roots, bark, leaves, and branches, but the only part of a tree that produces life is the seed. And God has designed it that way, and so we need to understand the nature of the seed because. I believe there's a great revelation locked in there for you and I concerning spiritual growth this morning. So the seed has a divine ability to bring forth life. And we rarely consider the importance of a seed, especially in this modern generation. Because everything that we uh, get, we get, you know, we go to the supermarket. Amen. When my wife and I first went to Trinidad. As missionaries, I had a bit of a culture shock because it wasn't like America. Uh, they didn't have supermarkets full of stuff. But it was an open market. You had to go and buy your food there. And I'm walking through the market with my wife. I don't recognize any of this stuff. She's, oh, yeah, this is that. Listen, the only thing I recognize is stuff in the supermarket, amen, in the can, marked in the package. And so I'm looking at all these things, and it's foreign to me. We don't understand the dynamic of a seed and growth, amen. But here we see in our text, God is saying the seed has great importance. If life is going to continue, it's going to have to have the seed involved in the process, amen. Genesis 2.9. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for Food. Amen. Food. That's We all understand that word. Amen. We need it to live. We need it to survive, to thrive. And it says that these trees were put for the purpose of food, but the seed allows it to continue on. As the tree drops these seeds into the ground, other things grow. As man harvests the seed, 
He plants them and he grows crops, food to survive on. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. This is the power of a seed. One article says, <clears throat> seeds such as wheat, rice, and corn directly provide about 70% of calories eaten by people every day. And they ultimately provide nearly every morsel of food, either by providing feed for livestock or being grown into fruits and vegetables. And that statement is saying that without a seed, humanity will cease to exist. Because the seed produces food, amen, whether that's uh, plants for the livestock to eat, and you and I, we understand the livestock, amen, that's meat. And so all of this is linked to this little thing called the seed. And if we don't have that, you don't have food. And how many know, it don't take long without food to understand we need food. Amen? We're not going to survive without it. So the seed is essential <clears throat> to sustain life on earth. Without the seed, there's no food. Without food, that means that people cannot survive. First Kings 17. Talking about the importance of food, which is linked to the seed. There's a famine in the land, and Elijah goes to the widow. And in 1 Kings 17, 12, and she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil and cruise, and behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go and dress it, me and my son, that we may eat it and die. And what was happening, there was a famine in the land. And in a time of famine, what happens is nothing is growing. The seeds are not propagating. Food is not plenteous. And so here she is in a time of famine. And the reality is without this thing happening, without these seeds functioning, man ceased to exist. We must have this. And so think about the importance of a seed then. It is something that is small, so small, we don't even consider it. When we go to the supermarket, we're not considering that a seed produced all of this. Here she is in a time of famine. The importance of a seed is seen because without the food, there's no sustenance and we cannot survive. Hallelujah. And so the seed has very great power in society. You and I surviving all that is going to happen in the world. So let's talk secondly about storing up seed. Because if we're going to have provision, we're going to need to have a storing up. I mean, you know, in life, especially when we're young, we, the last thing we think about is storing up, amen? Amen. We're living on the edge. We're, we're burning the candle at both ends. Uh, we're just going 100 miles an hour, never considering the future. But if we're going to survive in the spiritual realm, we're going to have to store up seed. And the great example of this is in the days, amen, of the Pharaoh of Egypt. And there was a famine coming to the land. Because God oftentimes would judge societies by putting a famine on them. 
In other words, I'm not going to allow the seed to grow. I'm not going to allow things to prosper because you're rebellion against me. It's oftentimes famine would happen. In Genesis chapter 41, <clears throat> there's, a fair, there's a famine come unto the land. And so uh, Joseph had interpreted Pharaoh's dream. And uh, after he interpreted the Pharaoh's uh, dream, uh, uh, the Bible says this, <clears throat> verse 34. This is the advice that he's giving to Pharaoh. Let Pharaoh do this. Let him appoint officers over the land and take up a fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seven plenteous years and let them gather all the food of those good years that come. Lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh and let him keep the food in the cities. And that food shall be forestored to the land against the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land perish not through the famine. So Pharaoh had a dream, and someone told him, hey, I, we know this guy, Joseph, he can interpret your dream. Joseph comes and interprets the dream. And he says, yeah, what this means is going to be seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. My advice to you, Pharaoh, is while the plenty years are going on, you take the seed, this grain, you store it up so that when the famine comes, you will not perish for lack of food. And so we know that Pharaoh did this. He took Joseph's advice. He stores up this grain and begins to obey what the man of God has spoken to him. And sure enough, after these seven plenteous years, famine hit. You know, life is like that. Plenty, years of good, years of plenty, years of blessing, and we don't take heed to store up. And so the famine comes to the land, and there's great hardship that is happening, and there is going to be a loss of life because of the famine in the land. Amen. So the famine hits in Genesis 42, verse 2. And he said, Behold, I have heard, this is Jacob talking to his sons, and I, and I have heard that there is corn in Egypt. Get you down thither and buy for us from thence that we may live and not die. So the famine has started uh, in the land there, and the word gets out, uh, hey, down in Egypt, Pharaoh has stored up grain, he stored up seed, and they're instructed to go down and buy this so that they will not perish. And so we see here the importance of storing up, of having a reserve of the thing that gives life, the thing that's going to produce what we need in the future. In the spiritual realm this morning, beloved, we need to be storing up the things of God in our lives. Because I mean, though, sometimes, even as we're serving God, famines will come. Serving God, doing the very best we can, but sometimes around us in society, the famine comes. Because God will deal with the people who rebel against him. He really will. 
he'll start to shut things off to get their attention. How I many you know when there's no food, you've got our attention? Amen? And God has a way of getting man's attention. Yeah, they're distracted with all their electronics, with all their missiles and the satellites. But I want to tell you something. If God turns off the food source, he'll get everybody's attention. Remember in the history of the nation here, they, they had the dust bowl. This is where nothing would grow. <clears throat> All the topsoil was being blown away and there was no crops. And people began to pray. I bet you even those folks who says, I'm an atheist, I don't believe in God. I bet you they were praying. God, we need food. God has a way of getting people's attention. And so in the midst of that, you and I are still living but we can survive the famine because of storing up. See, Christianity is more about going to church. Can you say amen? It's about spiritual growth. And we're going to have to store up. In other words, don't become complacent and begin to think that we can just go through the motions because there's going to come a spiritual famine in the land and the only way we're going to survive is we have stored up. This is what Pharaoh did. And so all of a sudden everybody is heading down to Egypt because they need to buy these seeds, this grain, so they can sustain themselves. We're going to have to be a people who understand that we need to store up <clears throat> things of God in our life. The prophet Amos <clears throat> predicted a famine. But it was going to be a different kind of famine. This is very interesting this morning. We're talking about food, we're talking about famine. But listen to what Amos says in the book of Amos chapter 8. <clears throat> Verse 11. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land. Not a famine of bread, nor thirst of water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. They shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. We're talking about a powerful thing here. God says, you tell those people that are living in the last days of Amos, there's going to come a famine in the land. Not the kind of famine that you are used to. The food famine or the water famine. You know, those are powerful famines that will get your attention. But he says there's going to be a famine, a spiritual famine is what he's talking about. There's going to be a spiritual famine in the land. And how many know without the word of God there is no hope? He's speaking about a spiritual famine, and that means the seeds are not going to be available to produce a spirituality in people's lives. When the word of God is removed from people's hearts, there's spiritual failure. And I submit to you this morning, we're living in a time where there's a spiritual famine. He says, it's going to be a time where 
the word of God. Now listen, we have to define this because there's a lot of people, quote unquote, preaching things. But it's not necessarily the word of God. And so it says people are going to run from here uh, east to west. Uh, they're going to run from sea to sea, uh, chasing, trying to hear the word of God. But the only thing they're going to find are the philosophies of man. Because how many know God can withhold his word when he wants to? Just like he did the water and the food. God says, you know what? I'm not going to give you that. There's going to be a famine in the word of God. And think about what that means. In the spiritual context of life, only the sea causes life. And it is God's word, amen, that is the seed in the spiritual realm of life. Not man's philosophies. It is the word of God. The only word that can produce life is God's word. And God's word is the seed of life. John chapter 6 verse 63. It is the spirit that makes alive. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. He's saying, listen, unless it is the words that I speak, there will be no life. It is the spirit that quickens, or that word quicken means to make alive. How many know before we came to Jesus Christ spiritually, we were not alive? But when we heard the word of God, it quickened us, it made us alive, and it produced the life of God in us. He says, only my words do that. You can go to the greatest philosophers, the greatest quote-unquote thinkers, amen, of our generation, and their words can do nothing for your spirit. It has to be the word of God that is spoken to you and I that causes a quickening in your spirit. And when your spirit is quickened, that's when you begin to get a revelation of God. Amen. I grew up going to church but until I was quickened by the Spirit of God, I couldn't even understand the Word of God. I've had people tell me, I've read the Bible from cover to cover, and I still don't get it. That's because you've not been quickened. You're reading it like a textbook, amen, like a history book. No, no, no. This is alive. But you can only grasp that when Jesus begins to speak to you and quicken you, and now you can begin to understand the Word of God. Amazed me when I first got saved, amen. I'm saved a few months, and I'm getting this revelation from the Word of God, and I'm talking to people that have been going to church for years, and they're like, where did you get that from? And I'm like, well, I'm just reading the Bible. Because when God quickens you, something begins to come alive. Jesus said, it is my word that does that. My word is the spiritual seed. That's what's going to produce life in you. And so think about this. In our current generation, you can speak any word you want to, but they don't want the words of Jesus in our society. And you wonder why there's a spiritual famine? They say, well, we don't want to hear that Jesus stuff. We want to hear this over here. God said, you can hear it, but it ain't going to produce no life in you. And how many know when there's a famine, people get ugly? When the food gets short, 
It ain't enough to sustain. All of a sudden, uh, uh, people's attitudes change. And gets ugly. And so, when there's a spiritual famine, uh, people get spiritually ugly. They become very nasty, and that's the world we're living in right now. They don't understand what, what the problem is. They want to throw more money at this and more money at that. No, it's a seed problem. It's a seed problem. You're not planting the correct seed. You haven't stored up. Our nation has no longer stored up the things of God, but yet cast them off. Amen. From taking prayer out of school, amen, uh, cast emptying out the silos of the spirituality of our nation, and you mark it down, every nation that rejects God goes into a spiritual famine. Where they begin to worship idols, begin to worship themselves. You're going to do all kind of crazy things saying that this is what God has told us to do. No, the issue is it's a famine and you're not quickened it alive. And so you don't know how to serve God. We need to be famine survivors this morning. Because God says the famine is going to come. Amos says this is going to be in the last days a famine, not of water, not of food, but of spiritual seed. And as we established in the beginning, nothing grows without a seed. Nothing grows without a seed. And so if we're going to be people who are going to survive the famine, we're going to have to have stored up like Pharaoh did. He took the advice of Joseph and he began to store up things, um, amen, in his silos. So as Pharaoh stored this up, there was provision when everything began to run out. So Pharaoh had these physical silos. They were actually uh, large areas dug out in the ground. He would store the grain in there. But we're talking about spiritual seed. Where do you and I store up spiritual seed? What are the silos of the Christian life? And I believe the, the Bible directs us to where we must store up the spiritual seed of God. In the book of Proverbs, in chapter 3, verse 1, My son, forget not my law, but let your heart keep my commandments. The heart is the spiritual silo of the Christian's life. The word of God is the seed of and the, the Bible is telling you and I that we need to store up the word of God in our hearts. That's the silo. In other words, that's the reservoir you and I are going to be able to draw from when this famine comes. He says, keep my commandments. Deuteronomy 6, 6. And these words which I command you this day shall be in your heart. Is Moses talking to the people of God saying, listen, we're on the way to the promised land. We're, we're doing the things of God, but there's going to be difficult times. But what I'm speaking to you today, don't just let it be head knowledge, but let it reach your heart. Store it up 
in your heart. This is important because listen to me. Everything God does is linked to our heart. He's a heart God. He's not a God of intellect. You know why God doesn't deal with the intellect? Because man, his intellect is not very, very high compared to God. I know man thinks he's all of that, you know, but listen, God says, listen, my thoughts are way higher than your thoughts. Hey, if I revealed these things that I think to you, you, you would explode. So I, I got to deal with you on the heart level. Because that's where we make decisions. The Bible says uh, everything flows out of that dynamic of our life. And so God will always deal with us from the heart level. Thank God for that because, I mean, sometimes, you know, we get, we get crazy up here. God says, I, I, can't, I can't guide you with that thing. That, that's, that's off compass. But in your heart, if I can get a hold of your heart, I can move you in the right direction. Job 22, verse 22, please receive the law from his mouth and lay up his words in your heart. This is Job. I know Job had a difficult life. And when it's all said and done, Job said, listen, listen, listen. Let me, if I can give you one good piece of information, let the words of God reside in your heart. Even in times of difficulty, what Job is saying, listen, a famine hit my life. We know the story of Job. He lost everything. But yet the Bible says he would not speak against God. And what Job is saying is there was something in my heart that would not permit me to accuse God. That's what the devil wants us to do, accuse God. And so many people do that. It's because of a famine. And when they went to the reservoir to draw out a reserve, there was nothing there. But when Job went to the silo of his heart in the midst of a very difficult life, his response was, oh no, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. There was something stored up in this man's heart that he could reach down and get and keep a right perspective even in the difficult times of life. Our hearts when we must store up the word of God. We must allow God's word to take residency in our hearts. Ezekiel chapter 3 verse 10. And he said unto me, this is the Spirit of God talking to the prophet Ezekiel. And he said unto me, Son of man, receive all of my words which I shall speak to you in your heart and hear them with your ears. In other words, what we hear, beloved, needs to go beyond our ears and down into our heart. This is God telling Ezekiel, listen, store it up. Don't just hear what I'm saying, but you let it reach your heart. Because the heart is how I'm going to deal with you. The heart is linked to how I'm going to work out the will of God in your life. Don't just be a forgetful hearer of the word. We go to church. We get preached to. We say, yay, amen. And then the scripture says, we leave and we forget who we really are. And we're not letting it reach our hearts. But I'm telling you this morning, we have to store up like Pharaoh did. He obeyed Joseph. He began to lay up that precious seed. And when the famine hit, 
Everybody was coming to Egypt to buy grain. They had a reserve. There was something in there that they could draw on in times of famine. See, it matters what our heart is filled with. You're going to fill your heart with something. Everybody's going to make it. What are you going to put in there? And it matters what we fill that with because the Bible says this is the place of decisions. This is the place of where decisions happen for God. Matthew chapter 13. Jesus is speaking to them. And it says in verse 24, Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. And so Jesus is showing a picture of the heart. See, Listen, the devil understands the dynamic of the seed. He understands the, the dynamic of the heart and how God works with us. So this parable that Jesus is telling, he's giving us instruction of the seed and of story. So he says, the man sows good seed, that's God. He sows good seed in the heart. But Jesus makes this interesting observation. He says, while men slept, an enemy came and sowed weeds. What tears is weeds. I mean, no weeds are terrible. You plant a nice flower garden, all of a sudden, there's them weeds. And where did they come from? I didn't plant them. And you fight with them, amen? You got, hey, they're not easy. And so he's saying, God sowed a good seed in your heart. But while men slept, the enemy came and threw in some bad seed. And what he's saying is, you've got to guard your heart. Because the devil knows the power of a seed. He knows if I can plant this seed of rebellion. If I can plant this seed of unforgiveness. If I can plant this seed of bitterness or hatred. If I can let that grow in the silo of their heart. It's going to produce something. And he says, while men slept, in other words, we have to be vigilant concerning our heart. You can't leave your heart unguarded. Hey, don't fall asleep spiritually because the devil will come and throw a handful of stuff in there. And it says, then he went his way because the devil says, I know the power of a seed. I don't have to stay there and watch it. I know what it's going to do. It's going to grow something. And so Jesus is saying we have to guard the silo, the storage place of our hearts. Why? Matthew 15, 19. Out of the heart proceeded evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, and blasphemies. Sounds like the evening news, amen? Out of the heart. Because the enemy has been sowing in the heart of man for generations now. Sowing these seeds to produce these evil thoughts. Murders, uh, adulteries, fornication, all these things the seed is producing. And this is why man has no answer. Because the problem is spiritual. It's a seed's been planted and the seed brings forth after its kind. The scriptures say and so Jesus is saying, guard your heart. Every so often, if you plant a garden, every so often, you have to go out there and do what? Weeding. 
You got to get out there and you got to pull them out. The same thing is true spiritually. We're serving God. We love God. Thank God for that. But you still got to weed the garden. Take it for granted. Say, well, the Holy Spirit would say, no, no, no. God says, grab a hole and pull out some weeds. Because the enemy will come. He'll toss something in your garden. And if you don't pull it out, it's going to grow. And that's what's happening in our world today. Man, stop watching the heart. And begin to let other things grow. And we see the result on our streets every day. Hallelujah. So out of the heart, he says, out of the heart, these things manifest in our lives. Romans 10.10, we close with this. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, one confesses unto salvation. You see the importance of that? It says, with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. That's why the devil's aiming at the heart. If I can just turn, if I can take the heart, they'll never find salvation. So the battle is over the heart. The seed that is in our hearts, beloved, is going to determine whether or not we will confess Jesus Christ or not. That's a pretty important issue. And so we have to be people that store up the word of God, not just in our minds, but in our hearts. The word of God must reside in your heart. You know why? Because our, our nature is changed by the word of God. In other words, in a moment of crisis, we need to fall to our new nature, not our old nature. Our new nature needs to be our Second, in other words, how we respond in life is based on what we've allowed to dwell in our hearts. And if we have allowed the word of God, just like Pharaoh put that grain up, and in times of famine, he could go there and get what he needed to sustain his country. The same is for you and I. We live in a time of spiritual famine where it is difficult to hear the unadulterated word of God. But thank God we can go to the silo of our heart where we've stored up the word of God. Where we've kept that thing that God committed unto us. And so, listen, if you get dropped off in the middle of a place where you don't know one, you should still be able to live for God. Amen. You should be able to still live for God. Listen, if they take your Bible, you should still be able to live for God. Thank God we got a Bible. But you know what? I can still live for God without my Bible because the word resides in my heart. And that's what we have to understand this morning, beloved. We have an enemy who knows the power of the seed. But do we? Do we understand the power of the seed this morning? I'm declaring to you... That a spiritual famine is coming. Be lots of preaching, but it's going to be false preaching. And in the middle of that, God has said they were going to be searching to hear my word. I'm going to withhold my word. <laughs> I'm going to withhold my word, and the only ones who will survive are those who've stored up my word in their heart. Let that be us this morning. Let us be a people. That hide the word of God in our heart. Lord, I'm not just hearing you. 
but I'm letting your word get inside of me. And as we do that, we will survive the coming famine. Amen. Let's bow our heads this morning for a moment, church. We're going to take a moment and pray. As we come before the Lord this morning, hallelujah. We serve a good God. And if we be honest before the Lord this morning, sometimes uh, there are seeds growing in our heart that are not going to produce something good. Because we have an enemy. And he will take advantage of a situation of a wrong or, or, or injustice. He'll take You'll take advantage of throwing a seed of bitterness, a seed of unforgiveness, a seed of hatred. That thing will begin to grow and affect our decisions in life. Jesus says, while men slept. In other words, we weren't watching. This morning, God is asking you to search the chambers of your heart. David said, Lord, there be anything in me. Lord, you search me. This morning, God is searching us. Maybe he's putting his finger on something that is growing in your heart this morning. And he wants you to pluck it out, to root it up, to cast it out. And God's going to help you this morning. While our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. We're honest before the Lord this morning. God is dealing with you about issues of the heart. Listen, don't resist the Holy Ghost. Let God help you this morning. Because he will. God is trying to touch an area of your heart that maybe you closed off to him over the years. But this morning he is quickening that area and he wants to help you there. Jesus is going to do a miracle. This morning while our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, you see, I need God. I'm away from the Lord this morning. I need Jesus to touch me afresh and anew. You're watching online. You as well. Come before the Lord. Lift your hands. That's me. I need to repent of my sin. I need Jesus in my life. Talking to the church then. Jesus said that the enemy can cast in seed. This morning God is showing you a seed that needs to be pulled up. He's going to help you this morning. If you allow him, hallelujah. Let's all stand. The altars are open. You come this morning. And you say, Lord, you inspect the side of my heart. I don't want to allow things to grow there that are going to hinder growth in my life. I'm going to, Lord, I, I'm opening the chambers of my heart. Maybe it was a time of injustice, a time of hurt, and the enemy took the occasion to throw some things in, and over the years it's been growing. But I'm telling you this morning, oh, by the Spirit of God, He's going to remove those things, and there's going to be a quickening in your life, a quickening of the Spirit of God that's going to become greater revelation. It's going to become an anointing upon your life um, like never before. Because this thing is being removed by the Spirit of God. The power of the seed this morning. See, those things can hinder our spiritual growth. Um, we need to be people that are constantly growing in God. Oh, God, this morning. 
I ask you to breathe upon the lives and the hearts of your people this morning, God. Yea, even a quickening breath this morning, Lord Jesus. As you begin to work in us, God, removing the tares and planting the good seed of the wheat of the gospel. Oh, God, we thank you this morning for quickening us, God, for bringing, Lord, revelation. Hallelujah. Oh, God, we bind the strategies of hell this morning by the precious blood of Jesus. Father, we exalt you. Watching online, you're not saying I'll lead you in a prayer of forgiveness. Say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin. I acknowledge you died for me on the cross. And that you paid the price for my sin. And I believe you rose from the dead to validate my eternal life. I receive you this morning, Jesus, come into my heart and be my personal Savior. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, thank God for the seed of the gospel that will bring forth 30, 60, 100 fold. Oh, my God, we thank you. The blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. Oh, God, we plead the blood this morning. Good this morning. 